Hello there. Welcome back. It's the Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel, and this is our series called the Online Bible Reading Club. We're going through the Bible reading plan, which is listed in the description below. You can look at it and see what we're reading on today. Today is day 149, as we said, and it's going to be 2 Chronicles 7 through 9 in the Old Testament. And in, in the New Testament, we're looking at John 11, 1 through 29. This is to help you, no matter your level of uh, comfort, com comfortability in the Bible, reading it, uh, it's it's to help you uh, pick up on things you might not understand or might have missed as you're reading through the, the text or to give you a primer uh, as you get rolling into it today to uh, get the most out of it and understand it and, and to really um, seek to know the Lord better and enjoy Him. So with that said, uh, that's the intro. Let's get into it. So 2 Chronicles 7, 8, and 9. Uh, what we see here is the end of Solomon's uh, reign as the king, uh, the son of David, Solomon, uh, who has succeeded his father David for, uh, to be the king of the United Kingdom of Israel in Jerusalem. He has finished what is the heart of the achievement of the Old Testament, the building of the temple. And it is hard for us today uh, to understand just how central this physical structure was for uh, the people of God. We, we today, uh, you know, have, I've heard emphasize, you know, where two or more are gathered, uh, the Lord is there, and so it's like it's like institutional uh, ritual religion uh, has been de-emphasized. You know, you hear preachers talk about it's about a relationship, not about religion, right? Well, yeah, sure, uh, but but how do you how do you divorce relationship from uh, what God's commanded you to do? And in in this particular point of redemptive history, God had said to them, "You're going to build this structure." And you're going to offer these sacrifices there. And you're going to center your religious life and your own existence here. Because the, the whole point here is that God has made a covenantal promise and he has kept it. And you need to know this, that he told you what he was going to do. He did it. And he's reminding you that he did it by putting this structure here that Solomon has built uh, to be the center of your life, and to remind you, remind you, remind you that you exist and are called by God's grace into loving fellowship with Him. This is not something any of us deserve. In fact, the very temple structure of the building preached that to us, that there was barriers of entry, that there was uh, sacrifices of blood needed to enter, and, and that there's this uh, that God's dwelling with the people, but there's some sort of a separation. He's the center of their world, but there is still separation that needs to be overcome. This structure would preach that, and you cannot under underemphasize the need for that today. If you don't have that structure, you must have what the structure was pointing toward, which is union with Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. You have to have a a spiritual relationship with Jesus to relate to God. There is no other way except through Jesus. And that's what this uh, structure represented. Now, to the original readers, they had lost this structure. This structure, due to their sin and idolatry after Solomon, you see Solomon dies in chapter 9 that we read today. He dies in chapter 9 after his uh, abominable uh, intermixing of the worship of God with the worship of false gods. Uh, the nation uh, took after that pattern and became uh, a worshiper of idols as well. And eventually, God disciplined his people 
by sending them off gradually, northern and then southern kingdom, into exile in foreign lands. Well, eventually the people that were taken to Babylon, are coming. they come back 70 years after being taken away and the temples destroyed to ruins back in Jerusalem. And now they are here and they read this story. This is the center of life. Build the temple. Center your life around the temple and let it preach to you the truths of the covenant of grace. And you need and and you in pre and hearing these the Christ preached through the building through the through the religious life centered on the building, you will anticipate Christ, and that's why you see in the uh, Christmas narratives, right, the the, the Advent narratives, the the, the the birth narratives of Jesus, that there uh, when Jesus is brought to Jerusalem to be dedicated in Luke, uh, that there are individuals there longing for his arrival. In fact. Uh, you know, we'll see in the John passage that, that Mary and Martha recognized Jesus to be uh, the one promised in Psalm 118, verse 26, the blessed one who comes in the name of the Lord. He is the one who has been foretold since Genesis 3.15 and through the building of the temple, the one who will reconcile Christ or what Christ will reconcile God and man together into just fellowship once again and and he will bring down the barriers as you see christ is crucified and when he breathes his last uh, uh supernaturally the hand of god rips the temple veil asunder and that uh temple which had you know passed its uh passed its prime it had preached the gospel to them uh is surpassed by the reality itself christ and there is no need for it any longer so you might, you know, it might might feel uh, strange to be talking so much about the temple, but the temple preaches Christ, and you need to know that. That's why these stories are significant. To see the temple as the center of life, and to see you and I dwell in a time where the temple has been realized in Christ. To know Christ, you need to know about the temple and what it's about. So that's why we're reading through these things. This is why it's important. This is why you keep hearing about it. They're telling it again because they needed to know. That they had to be reconciled by blood to the to the to the Father through a through a true and atoning sacrifice to take away the guilt of their sin and to satisfy God's wrath on their sin and to bring them forgiveness. So Jesus is that. Now, what about this Queen of Sheba story? This is very important. So in the ninth chapter, you see in Second Chronicles uh, what's not, what's called by Matthew uh, Matthew twelve forty two quoting Jesus the Queen of the South. Uh, she is from like what is modern day Yemen. She comes up to Jerusalem to see Solomon's wisdom, and so she wants to. It's a comp, they have you know commerce partners, I'm sure. Uh, but she wants to uh, to see uh, his uh, and hear from his wisdom. He's he's famous. They have a really impressive operation here. So she wants to glean from Solomon. So she wants to see him. Now Jesus says in Matthew 12:42, the Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Again, this speaks to what we've just been saying, that Jesus has fulfilled Solomon's temple. Uh, now, uh, he's, Jesus is speaking to uh, Jewish religious leaders who are completely in the dark about the reality of the temple. They are looking for something else besides Christ. And so Jesus is saying, therefore, the queen of the south, Sheba, will uh, rise up in judgment because you have rejected Christ. There is no life apart from the atoning work of Christ. 
his active obedience. He lived uh, the life uh, that we have not lived for God, for us, and he has laid down his life to uh, sacrifice for our sins. Uh, he is the faithful priest and the uh, perfect sacrifice that all the uh, regulations in Leviticus uh, have spoken to about what the sacrifice needed to be. He fulfills that uh, as the uh, the antitype. He, that was the type, now the antitype. So as you see that, Jesus is the reality. Now, she's looking for wisdom, but when you see what Paul says with this, he takes this theme and says, Christ in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 25 is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then in Colossians 2, 3, uh, through 2, 3, he adds, in him, in Christ, is in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So to know uh, God's wisdom, you have to know Christ, uh, Jesus. Now, as you look at what is God like, if you want to know God, here's how he's like. If you go to John, 1, uh, John 11, 1 through 27, you'll see what I'm talking about. So Jesus gets word from Mar Mary that uh, his dear friend Lazarus is dying. And Jesus knows that he will die, and he discloses that, and he says it's good that that happened because the glory of God will come. So what this is what God is like. God will subject you and me to things that are very difficult in order to communicate his glory. So he, go, he enters days later uh, after delaying intentionally, uh, and he gets there, and Lazarus is dead. He's been dead four days, and we'll see. Uh, that um, Mary says, hey, you can, you can you know, do as you say and ask what you say and it'll happen. And so Jesus is going to raise up Lazarus. And he, and he does this. And she says, yeah, I know you can do this in the resurrection. But he's, he's like, watch this. And he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he does this all so that, as he says there, you can know that I am the resurrection and the life. And there is absolutely no salvation no life apart from being in what that building that we talked about represents, Jesus. Uh, and you see the importance of Jesus, is that Jesus is this one promise. And so the resurrection eternal life can never be found apart from being in Jesus Christ. So God is one who would give us a gift such as this. He would let us go through something seemingly unbearable, the death of a, a dear brother, uh, in order to give us a gift. That would change the way this family and all the uh, witnesses would enjoy and glorify God the rest of their days. Remember, Jesus would very soon be crucified and ascend into heaven. And, and he would leave them, right? And then Lazarus, Mary, Martha would be left behind to know by uh, the work of the miraculous raising of Lazarus that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. They had, Jesus had revealed this to them uh, in, in the same way the temple would speak to the spiritual realities. Uh, the raising up of Lazarus would be a gift, uh, a hard thing that they went through in order for them to existentially know and then believe and trust in Jesus as the resurrection of life. They theoretically knew of the resurrection of the last day, but then Jesus uh, triumphing over death here shows them that they can bank on it and trust in him as the resurrection life. Can you is the question. There is no other way to, to have eternal life but in Jesus Christ alone. So I hope that helps you today. 
Lord be with you. We'll see you next time on day 150 of the Online Bible Reading Club. Take care.